candy-ass pansy face, the mayor of Minneapolis, has issued a series of directives on how looters can keep from catching the Chinese virus while they're burning down a city. Mayor Pansy Face, whose last job was dancing to Justin Bieber songs on TikTok, said that he issued the guidelines so that rioters seeking justice by violently destroying lives and businesses wouldn't get what he called a nasty case of the sneezles or snuffles. To underscore the importance of the directives, Mayor Pansy Face released them to the public while wearing his super masculine plaid lumberjack shirt and the same jeans he uses to dance along with John Travolta while privately screening that great old movie, Saturday Night Fever. He also appeared wearing two days growth of beard, which his friends told him looks especially cool on him. The directives read as follows. One, while addressing the systemic racism of America by rushing into Target and stealing a big screen TV that you can either use to watch classic sports reruns or sell for drug money, please wear a mask. Masks may not help to stop the spread of the coronavirus, but they demonstrate a respect for the common good of the people around you while you're pillaging their possessions and then burning their businesses to the ground. Two, while healing relations between the community and the police by mindlessly destroying everything you can lay your hands on, then setting it on fire, please practice social distancing. Social distancing helps to slow the spread of the coronavirus, so our hospitals won't be overwhelmed and we'll be free to take care of the people you're curb stopping and beating up. This is a good way to show kindness and compassion for the victims of your senseless violence. And three, while rioting, please make sure not to protest any unconstitutional lockdowns or business closures that would be wrong. After releasing the directives, Mayor Candy S. Pansy Face left the burning city to return to his day job impersonating Judy Garland. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray! It makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray! Oh, hooray, hurrah! All right, we're back. I hope you had a safe weekend, uh, and I hope you're not living in a Democrat city, which would increase your chances of having a safe weekend. And I also hope you're subscribing to our Andrew Claven YouTube uh, channel because they have all my openings are on there full in video form and a lot of other stuff, uh, exclusive stuff, as well as the show. Uh, we're f- tracking your comments there just to see if you're getting up to any, into any trouble. Here is one from Krim Bulem. I only come here for exploding hippies. Everything, <laughs> everything else is gravy on the steak. Well, that is an excellent reason to come here and the hippies will be exploding uh, shortly, I guarantee. So there's an expression I heard once uh, when I was studying Zen Buddhism, which is enlightenment is easy. All you have to do is give up all your opinions. So I used my best efforts this weekend to keep from posting anything on Twitter about the riots, because almost all the tweets I saw were examples of confirmation bias. That's where you see only what confirms your already held point of view and everything you see confirms your already held point of view. Most of this doesn't work for me, not entirely anyway. People who blame Donald Trump for the riots have to explain the police killings and riots under Barack Obama because they happened then too. Those people who blame current police racism have to show me a single police chief in this country who doesn't isn't desperate to prevent killings like the killing of George Floyd. The chief in Minneapolis where the killing of George Floyd happened is a reformer. He's also black all across the country. Believe me, police chiefs have nightmares about things like this happening. There's no doubt that this idiotically prolonged lockdown has made the country country a 
powder keg. There's no doubt about that. But that doesn't explain similar anti-police riots going back at least to the 1960s. And those who blame some race, whether it's white or blacks, are obviously simplistic morons or New York Times op-ed writers. But I repeat myself. There are more than 800,000 police officers in this country. That's roughly the population of San Francisco. Some of them are going to be incompetent and just plain bad. Let's be idealistic and say that 95% of our cops are absolute heroes. I think that is probably uh, a hopeful estimate, right? But let's say it's 95% are absolute heroes. That's 40,000 bad guys remaining, and their unions make it very tough to get those bad ones out. So they're going to be there. For deep historical and sociological reasons, blacks who represent 13% of the population commit 39% of the violent crimes, including 51% of the murders. Black men are going to come in contact with the police in bad ways by a greater percentage than whites. Now, by the time a bad cop meets a criminal black man, you are dealing with the two people on earth least likely to draw a good outcome out of the combined result of history, sociology, and original sin. There's bad blood between the cop and the community to begin with, and then a bad incident is going to torch that. That's systemic. You want to talk about things that are systemic, that is built into the system. Now, it's easy, I hope it's easy, to say that racism and police brutality are evil, and looting and rioting are likewise evil. You would have to be an absolute idiot or a Hollywood celebrity not to know that. But I repeat myself. But if we're going to stop this from happening every few years, which is what's been happening, it happens every five to ten years, and and getting worse in hard times like these, we're going to have to first throw out all our opinions and learn to see this stubborn problem in some new ways. We'll take a crack at it, but first, let us talk about freedom, financial freedom, debt solutions. You know, the poet John Keats said that money troubles are like having nettles in your bed, like having a stinging plant in your bed. And I know anyone who's ever been in debt knows that this stuff hounds you constantly. It eats into your sleep. It just makes you anxious. It is overwhelming. It makes you feel alone, like there's no way out. But there is a way out. You don't have to go through it alone. Freedom Debt Solutions is here to help. There's no one-size-fits-all solution to getting out of debt. Freedom Debt Solutions has more than 400 debt experts standing by to recommend the right solution for your specific situation. No matter which solution you may qualify for, Freedom Debt Solutions could help you get rid of expensive credit debt faster than you can on your own with one low affordable monthly program payment. Since 2002, Freedom Debt Solutions has served over 750,000 clients, settled over 2.7 million accounts, and settled over $10 billion in debt. So if you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt and you're struggling to make monthly payments, there is hope. Stop the stress and anxiety your debt is causing. Find out how you can talk to a Freedom Debt Solutions expert and get your free personalized debt consultation today. Go to freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Clavin. That's freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Clavin. Freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Clavin. You must know, of course, how to spell Clavin, or you're just stuck in debt forever. Uh, it's K-L-A-V-A-N. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. There are no E's in Clavin. There are no E's in <laughs> This weekend looked to me like a game called Choose Your America, 
On the one hand, we had the SpaceX launch, and we'll play for you while I'm talking, we'll play the landing of the Falcon 9 booster. You know, the first stage comes off, they bring it down, and they land it on a drone, a little ship drone in the middle of the ocean, and it lands upright. It is an amazing, amazing feat of engineering, all right? And this is, uh, you know, you'll remember that Elon Musk's rockets blew up. He had to fail in order to succeed. They used to say at NASA, failure is not an option. If failure is not an option, neither is success. It is also credit to President Trump. I have not heard a single person give credit to President Trump. The Obama administration buried NASA. It buried NASA. And you remember when they were told they had to reach out to the Muslim community and make them feel better about their historic contribution to science, math and engineering. Trump said, no, let's go to the moon and go to Mars. That has helped. Plus, this uh, private public partnership between Elon Musk uh, and NASA has has really helped. So that's one America. That is the America where we can do anything. We can solve any problem, do anything with, a pu- with public and private uh, partnerships. We can do anything. The other is what's going on in Democrat cities because of Democrat governance. Now, don't forget, Minneapolis, where this started, is one of the most liberal cities in the country. Their police uh, guy is, was brought in there to reform the police department. He's trying to do that. But union rules make it hard to get rid of uh, people. Amy Klobuchar was uh, the prosecutor when this cop did other things. Had a lot, he had a lot of complaints against him. The cop who's now under arrest for killing George Floyd. He had a lot of other complaints. It's Amy Klobuchar who didn't prosecute. Uh, and, and it's this, this kind of attitude, this attitude that somehow it is justified to set neighborhoods on fire. Believe me, believe me, there are masses and masses of law-abiding black citizens who hate this garbage. So we're going to take a look because it is a choice. It's not a choice between Trump and Biden. It's between Republican America and Democrat America. And they look very, very different. I want to just uh, read to you a couple of headlines of these riots. There are riots all across the country. There are people being beaten up. There was a federal officer killed. There, were, there was a homeless guy whose property was set on fire. I mean, it was, it was enough... It was literally enough to make a stone weep that they came and they set this home. And then the the protesters cheered. And Slate's headline is police erupt in violence nationwide. All right. Uh, Biden's team is contributing money to bail out the people who are being arrested, namely the looters. Right. Uh, And it, it is just I mean, the Washington Post mayhem continues as police protesters clash. Bernie Sanders, who is a genuinely wicked old man who has never done anything for this country. He is a genuinely wicked, desiccated old person. He sent out this tweet. The richest 400 Americans sit on three trillion, the size of the entire UK economy. The billionaire class now pays a lower tax rate than people living paycheck to paycheck. The looting of that's just not true. The looting of America has been going on. The looting of America has been going on for 40 years and the culprits are the ultra rich. So in other words, the people who build stuff, the people who've made a profits, the investors and all that, that's the same as these guys looting. And remember, these people who are looting, do not, do not kid yourself for one second, for one second that this is helping black America. It is hurting black America. It, is hurt, it hurts black America when the police don't want to go into neighborhoods. It hurts black America when people turn on their TV and see them running out of stores, see black people running out of stores. And I'm telling you, this is, under, this is being uh, instigated by radical people, a lot of whom are candy-ass white boys who think that they're doing something important by start, by being a communist and starting violent uprisings, taking advantage of the protests. And look, I said this before, but just to say it again, this police killing was a bad, bad thing. 
But again, you are you're going to have bad cops. You're going to have bad cops. Unions keep those cops in place a lot of times. And you're going to have more cop interaction with the black community where the crime is high. That's going to happen. You know, there are so many, so many honest black men, specifically black males, who will tell you that the police stop them all the time. And look, I know that's that's the fault of the bad guys. I understand that's the fault of the bad guys. But unfortunately, it's it's a systemic problem we have to change. You cannot have people being humiliated in front of their kids, in front of their wives, by being stopped by the police. It's always humiliating to be stopped by the police. And you cannot have that constantly happening to people who are law-abiding citizens. This is something police across America are trying to figure out. They are trying to figure it out. They're trying to work on it. You cannot tell me that burning down cities, looting people, beating people up is going to do anything to help. It helps white liberals. That's who it helps. It helps white liberals to feel that something is going on. Let me read you some quotes today, some quotes today from some tyrants, right? Erdogan in Turkey, who's one of the better tyrants, but still a tyrant. He tweeted uh you know, this is a guy. Yeah, he tweeted the racist and fascist approach that led to the death of George Floyd in the U.S. city of Minneapolis as a result of torture has not only deeply saddened all, all of us. This is the guy who's beating up on the Kurds all the time, but it has also become one of the most painful manifestations of the unjust order we stand against across the world. Right. Ayatollah Khomeini, who's constantly threatening to kill every Jew on Earth, uh, retweeted, if you're dark skinned walking in the U.S., you can't be sure you'll be alive in the next few minutes. So the radicals and the tyrants are the same people, right? What does it mean to be radical versus conservative? All right. What what is the difference? The radicals are telling you that this country sucks. This country is a mistake. Everything about this country. It's not, oh, you, you had a good system and you wouldn't let us in, which is an absolutely fair complaint from black people. That's an absolutely fair complaint. And we're dealing with the legacy of it. There's no question about that. That's a fair complaint. Great system. Love your country. Let us in because we're citizens too is a totally rational complaint. This country sucks. This country has to be burned down. That's radicalism. And the problem with radicalism, and this is kind of Edmund Burke talking, the problem with radicalism is that the systems and traditions that taught you right from wrong, right, are the systems and traditions you are trying to burn down. When somebody says, for instance, let's not teach Shakespeare because it excludes other cultures, no other culture has that attitude. No other culture is as inclusive as ours, wants to bring people in. Where do we learn that? Shakespeare. We learned it from Western culture. When we want to bring cultures into our country, we are teaching other cultures about Western culture by doing that. So to say, oh, Western culture is bad. Let's bring other cultures in is to say, oh, the thing that gave me my morals is bad. So let's now exercise my morals, which are good. It's insane. It's insane. That's radicalism. Conservatism, however, is not everything is tickety-boo. I mean, that is not conservatism. It is not conservatism to sit and say, everything is great. Let's not change anything. We know, we know that there is an ongoing racial problem in the country. We know that if, if it's only a feeling, even if it's only a feeling, it's something that has to be addressed. We can see that it has to be addressed because this, the, a, a police killing, no matter what the truth, no matter what the numbers say, a police killing can set off these riots, can set off these protests across the country, some of them around the world. So we know there is a problem. The left, the radicals are taking advantage of this problem. Here is uh, Attorney General Bill Barr saying where these riots are coming from, at least in part. 
The voices of peaceful protest are being hijacked by violent radical elements. Groups of outside radicals and agitators are exploiting the situation to pursue their own separate and violent agenda. In many places, it appears the violence is planned, organized, and driven by anarchic and left extremist groups, far left extremist groups, using Antifa-like tactics, many of whom travel from outside the state to promote the violence. Now, you know, Trump is saying, oh, I'm going to designate these people terrorists. I don't know, you know, I, I'm not sure about the legality of that. I think that a lot of those designations are from people overseas, but these are terrorists. It's the actions of terrorists. They, they are committing the actions of terrorists. This is an organized group. They organize themselves to go out and start fights. You can see them standing by. You can see the peaceful protesters go up in front and hold up their hands. And then the bad guys come from the back and throw bricks at the police. And then the police charge. And it's the peaceful protesters who get caught in the sandwich. That's a technique. They see a broken window. They rush to it. They start the looting. They they set the place on fire. That is a practice technique. It's BLM and, and Antifa, and they're doing this all over. And the people who are honest people in their community who are upset by the, the police killing, legitimately so, man, that was a bad, bad video to watch. I mean, anybody who watched it turns your stomach. The people who are legitimately upset, who are legitimately exercising their First Amendment rights are screwed. And if you don't think they know it, you know, here is uh, in D.C. Do we have that clip of the people in D.C. actually arresting a, prov a provocateur? Yeah, it's cut two. Let's play this. They are, these are protesters who see a Antifa provocateur arrest him and hand him over to the cops. So that's that's the protesters against Antifa. And here's Don Lemon talking about Antifa on CNN uh, 7. This is an old clip. Antifa or Antifa, however you want to pronounce it, calling them the alt-left. Well, that group protests fascism. So they were there protesting fascism. Maybe their tactics weren't exactly right. All groups uh, like that, political groups, rights groups, protest groups, it's messy. <laughs> well, they call them anti-fascists, so they must be good. <laughs> Gee, Mickey, I mean, it looks right there in the name. I mean, come on. You know, this is the difference between <laughs> what you've got is you've got essentially middle class bourgeois liberals like Don Lemon throwing their lot in with radicals who are telling them that the system that has made them who they are is bad. OK, conservatism is not about unchanging. It's not about never changing. It is about changing in keeping with our traditions. It's about saying our traditions taught us what we know. Our history gave us what we have. If people are being mistreated, that's against our traditions. And it is against our traditions. It's against our principles. Let us get rid of those. Let us fix those so that our traditions and principles are extended to more people. That is a, that is a conservative attitude. That is Burkean conservatism is saying, yes, we need to change. We need to go forward, but we do it in in keeping with what makes us great. And that is really the difference between a clown like Don Lemon who wants to throw away everything he has, he, doesn't, he, he thinks he's going to get to keep it, in the name of this faux radicalism, this make-believe radicalism, and Antifa is there to help.
All right, let us pause for just a second and talk about a life lock. You know, you're at home, you've been home a lot, you're online a lot. You want to make sure people are not going to take your information. There's a hacker group called Shiny Hunters that claims to have breached 10 companies and is now selling their user databases on a dark web marketplace for illegal products. The companies range from an online dating app to a food delivery service to online stores and newspapers. The listed databases hold 73.2 million user records, which are being sold for around $18,000. So you have got to take basic steps to protect yourself, and that's why LifeLock is here. Every day, we put our information at risk on the internet and cyber criminals around the world keep finding new ways to steal identities. LifeLock is a leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they will send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com slash that's lifelock.com slash Claven to save 25% off and to learn the essential how to spell Claven because that is what you need to know. It is K-L-A-V-A-N. <laughs> so, so let me just say that the link, the link between radicalism, at, at the academy, the Democrats, and the media, I mean, if we've done nothing else, we've certainly set up that link. I want to play just a clip by, from Cornell West, who's a Harvard professor, right? Here, here he is. I think we are witnessing America as a failed social experiment. And what I mean by that is that the history of black people for over 200 and some years in, in, in America has been looking at America's failure. Its capitalist economy could not generate and deliver in such a way that people can live lives of decency. The nation state, its criminal justice system, its legal system could not generate protection of rights and liberties. So that's another reason we need communism. <laughs> so that, that is just untrue, right? I mean, police, since 2015, police shootings, killings have dropped. Every police chief in the country, like I said, goes to bed and has nightmares about this stuff happening. They're doing, they're, they're changing their police tactics. They're doing what they can. But the tactics, the tactics have to be crime enforcement. They have to be crime enforcement because without that, it's the black communities that suffer. The Democrats are echoing the radicals. The Democrats and the radicals are the same people, right? I mean, this is the thing. And the Democrat governance is what is causing this, is what is making this happen. You know, it's interesting. They went out in Atlanta and they trashed the CNN building. And this rapper, Killer Mike, comes out. And Killer Mike is related to cops. And he came out and he said this was a bad killing. I mean, this was just an execution. And he ripped these cops who, who did this thing. And he went after them. But then he went after CNN. And he said this. So after you burn down your own home, what do you have left but char and ash? CNN, Ted did a great thing. I love CNN. I love Cartoon Network. But I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. Stop making people feel so fearful. Give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty harsh stuff, but it's it certainly is deserved. It is certainly deserved. And again, you know, 
Donald Trump has been getting on my nerves of late, I have to be honest with you. And he hasn't spoken enough. He did speak, make a speech about this. Uh, it, it was a good speech. I had play, play a little bit of it. This was after the, um, the SpaceX launch. Uh, he was talking at NASA, and these things were just getting started. Here he is. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder. We will stand with the family of George Floyd, with the peaceful protesters, and with every law-abiding citizen who wants decency, civility, safety, and security. We are working toward a more just society, but that means building up, not tearing down, joining hands, not hurling fists, standing in solidarity, not surrendering to hostility. You know, Washington is on fire. They say, they say, I don't know if this is true, they say that Trump is in the bunker uh, hiding away. He's got to do more. He's got to do more. He is on Twitter sending out, you know, tweets that don't really mean anything, that are hard to decipher, that can only make people angry. The people who hate him are just going to interpret them in the worst way. People who love him are going to interpret them another way. You know, but it's like, that's not, that's not his job now. His job now is to come out and pour oil on the water. It, it, it definitely is. It's to let the people know. It is to let the good guys, the protesters who are expressing their grievances in an all-American way, it is to let them know that he hears them, and it's to let the people know that he is not going to let this looting continue. Because he does have, as, as deeply as I love Federalism, he does have a responsibility in the Constitution to protect America from insurrection. That is one of the presidents. I think that's Article 4. I'm, I'm always bad at these things, but I think it's Article 4 that he can protect the country from insurrection. And that's what this is. And, and by the way, you know, the, the New York Times ran an op-ed warning warning the radicals, the, the rioters, to be careful their tr- phones can be traced. <laughs> That's the New York Times. They, they, good for you guys. When your building burns, you know, they think it's going to protect them. They think it's going to protect them that, that, that they're doing this. It's, they'll, build, they'll burn down the New York Times. They don't care. You know, it's all bad to them. <laughs> you don't understand. They don't think, oh, that Dean Bay, you know, I hate everybody, but that Dean Bay, I like him. You know, that's not the way it works. These guys are out to destroy. If you are a radical, you are out to destroy. You've got nothing to to offer. They have no system to offer. This is the thing about Bernie Sanders. He has no system to offer. So when he's he's attacking billionaires for something they're not doing and conflating them with the rioters, he's got nothing to offer. The radicals have nothing to offer. They never have. They never have. Not once in history have radicals had anything to offer. That is why the only uh, successful, decent revolution in all of history is the American Revolution, because it wasn't a revolution. It was a conservative breakaway. It was a conservative civil war, essentially. So now you have this problem of governance, okay? See, this is the thing. This is why, whether I like Trump or not, whether he's on my nerves or not, his governance is better than theirs. GOP governance is better than Democrat governance. We have to choose. That rocket that went up into space that's now hooked up to the space station, Trump had to do with that. Trump's governance had to do with that. This is something that is built into the system and that happens every couple of years. And he had nothing to do with this. He really didn't. He has not had not had anything to do with it, except except, you know, the the people who have it's the lockdowns in these Democrat states and the lockdowns in the Democrat cities that were supposed to be 15 that we were lied to about that were supposed to be 15 days to flatten the curve. That's what made this place a tinderbox. And it's this kind of governance. Here is Bill de Blasio, the idiot mayor of New York. I mean, the village idiot in New York saying we're just trying to deescalate. You know, Giuliani built up a great police force and Bloomberg, to his credit, 
kept that police force intact and kept those policing methods intact. De Blasio is letting everything in New York deteriorate from the subways on down. Now he's got the whole place locked down. The streets are empty. There's nothing to uh, offset the rioters. And this is what he says. We're just here to de-escalate. That's all we want from the police. We can't go on like this. And I'm talking to everyone, but I'm particularly talking to white New Yorkers to say we can't go on like this. The entire nation watches George Floyd killed in broad daylight by someone who's supposed to protect us with no concern at all. His killer seemed to have no emotion about the fact that he was killing a black man as if there was no value in that man. And unfortunately, that's what the history of this country has taught too many people. And we have to stop it. It's his police force. He's the mayor of New York. He's not some college professor sitting on his ass bloviating. He's the mayor of New York. It's his police force. It's on him. And for them, him to tell the police to stand down, he said, use a light touch. To, for him to tell the police force to stand down when his city is being torched and uh, looted, that's bad governance. Got, Minnesota Governor uh, Tim Walsh finally mobilized the National Guard. He had to do it because the candy-ass mayor of Minneapolis wouldn't do it. He wouldn't ask for it. He finally did, and he said he was unwilling to seem oppressive. He said, I will not patronize you as a white man without living your lived experience. The ashes are symbolic of decades and generations of pain, of anguish, unheard. Let me ask you, I mean, does that really help? Does that help Black people? Does that help black people, do you think? I'll deal with the black question in just a second, but let me finish the idea about Democrat governance, okay? The Minneapolis police manual apparently allows the technique that this cop used on George Floyd, which is absurd. Again, it was Amy Klobuchar who hadn't, uh, who didn't prosecute in part, who didn't prosecute the other complaints against this same cop. You should not be kneeling on a guy's neck. I, you know, that we're not sure yet whether that's what killed him. The coroner, there's a preliminary coroner report saying it was drugs and a previous health problem. I don't know. But still, that even so, that was bad policing. Every cop I've talked to and every cop I've read about has said that was bad policing. They, they, when they watched it, uh, it made their blood curl, curdle. But they're going to be these bad cops. So obviously, there's something else that has to be fixed. There's something that has to be fixed in the relationship between black and whites in the country. That, that's true. That's, the left says that, and the left is right about that. There is something that has to be fixed. But what is it? What is it? You are not an ally to black, it, blacks if you are not policing their communities. Truly, strictly policing their communities. If you are just saying, you know, we're not going to go in there. Uh, we're just going to, you know, hey, you know, we, you're, you're so black and we're so white. We can't go in and police your community. Is that going to help their community? You think that that's what the law-abiding people in there want? Is that the, what the people who are building up businesses want? You know, we have got to start to put aside all of our feelings and opinions about this and just start again and start and think, what, what's the situation? Because again, I want to reiterate this. The situation is systemic, but it's not systemic in the way people keep telling us it is. You know, the one thing I want to say is I, I truly, truly hope this makes people understand this makes people understand that the left is our common enemy. The left is the common enemy of black people and white people. It's the common enemy of liberals and conservatives. The, the left is the common enemy of all people, just like, just like the radical right is, uh, is our common enemy. That's the same thing. So you're going to want a leftist tears tumbler so we can destroy these people and enjoy it while we do, because we don't want to just destroy the left. We want to actually have a good time and drink from our leftist tears, our solid gold diamond encrusted leftist tears tumbler, which are different from all other 
such tumblers by not being solid gold or diamond encrusted. So you want to be an All Access member, and we will send you two. If you become an All Access member, you get all of our premier level privileges of membership, and we will send you two Leftist Tears tumblers. What else could you possibly want? You've got to go over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use the code Claven K-L-A-V-A-N. There's no ease in Claven. I just make it look this easy and you will get 15% off and have the satisfaction of knowing that you have not given Knowles a subscription because they count the number of subscriptions. And if he gets more than I do, the apocalypse begins. It's a terrible, terrible thing. I don't want it to happen to you. Also, it's 15% off with my name. It's 80% more expensive if you use Knowles' name. Come on over to dailywire.com and subscribe. All right, so we've got this chain of radical academics, radical mouths on, on the news media supporting this, and Democrats, all of them saying that this looting is somehow all right and the police are to blame. The police are to blame for the violence after looters come in and set fire to the city. The people, the protesters are not saying that. The protesters are not saying that. Here's, here's one of my favorite videos that came out of a woman. Uh, this is in New York. White kids, white Antifa kids, I'm calling them that. They're dressed all in black. They've got the black masks. That's the Antifa uniform. They're going around handing bricks to black protesters. And she goes and gives, chases the car down, takes the brick away, chases the car down, and hands it back to the guy. Here's the scene. Don't give no group of black men okay, no brick. Don't do nothing. Push them up. favorite video of this whole thing. It's like, a, it's like an all-American woman. There's a classic American woman like that. In the old days, that would have been played by Maureen O'Hara. <laughs> Take the brick and get out of our neighborhood. All right. So let's, let's ask ourselves the question, is this going to help black people? What is going to help black people? Now, certainly riots and having people watch TV and see black people loot places ain't going to help black people. That's not going to help black people. I mean, obviously, it can't all be about uh, white people who've never done anything to anybody uh, feeling bad about themselves because that's that's not going to last. It's not going to last. It's not going to work. It's not going to get you anything. There's a reason white people give awards to guys like Ta-Nehisi Coates is because he makes them feel virtuous because they condemn themselves, but he doesn't change anything. And they don't want to change anything because they're white elites and they've got everything they want and they don't want any change. And change is not coming by guys like Ta-Nehisi Coates who sit around and talk about reparations in the black body. I mean, here's the thing about the black body, okay? The black body, there are a lot more white people hurt by black people than there are black people hurt by white people in this country. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't, that that uh, gets rid of the problem. It gets rid of the race problem. It doesn't. It doesn't. But And I'll tell you why in just a second. But if we're talking about bodies, right, there are more white people being hurt by black criminals than there are black criminals being hurt by the police. OK, now the difference is the difference is the state of play, the state of play. If if you're a rich, a rich white guy 
and some other rich white guy gets robbed, right? That doesn't really affect your entire view of the world. Things are going well for you, okay? But if you're a poor black person in a poor black neighborhood and you're having problems with the police who are the authorities, remember, the reason we're so uh, dedicated to limiting government is because government is the biggest game in town. It's the most powerful thing in town. So if you're living in a poor neighborhood and you are at odds with the authorities, that is a much, much different situation. So anything that sets that off is going to be much worse. And so that's why, uh, you know, statistics can be a little bit um, misleading. There is a problem. It is a systemic problem. Is it the problem of racism? I mean, it may have been had its roots in racism, but once you've gotten rid of the racism and we've gotten rid of the racism in law, the law can only get rid of racism in law. That's all it's there to do. It cannot change attitudes. It's not going to change people's minds. You know, if they're looking at if they're looking at black people looting stuff, that's going to increase racism. That increases racism. All right. So there, so there's a difference. I'm not going to uh, fob you fob off uh, statistics to tell you that there's no problem in the black community. There is a problem in the black community. They feel hard done by. They're in a high crime area. They're in high crime areas, so the police have to be in there. There are going to be clashes between the police and your son or your husband or your boyfriend or whatever is going to be in trouble with the police. That makes it very hard to say, well, yeah, we want the police to come in here. It makes it hard for them to trust the police. And you got bad cops. You got bad cops and you got bad policing. You have bad cops and bad police methods that are in, ingrained in the system. And you have unions there making it very hard to do, do the reform that's needed. A lot, a lot of police reform has taken place over the last 20, 30 years. A lot. A lot of uh, new methods of community policing. They go in and they establish relationships with the community so the community knows they're there and are listening to their problems as well. All that goes down the drain. When you have a riot, all of that goes down the drain. When you have a riot, when a guy who's been going into a neighborhood, black or white, goes into a black neighborhood and tries to build ties and tries to establish, uh, you know, some kind of rapport between the community and law enforcement. And then one day he's out there watching people just set buildings on fire and break windows. That doesn't help. That does not help those efforts, you know, the police's efforts. So it's built into the system. And then you have a guy like Van Jones. Van Jones said this about liberals. He was talking about that liberal, uh, that lady in Central Park who threatened uh, to call the police on that irritating black guy who was trying to tempt her dog away. So this is Van Jones talking about what he, where he sees the problem. It's not the racist white person who's in the Ku Klux Klan that we have to worry about. It's the white liberal Hillary Clinton supporter walking her dog in Central Park who would tell you right now, she, you know, she, people like that, oh, I don't see race, race is no deal to me, I see us all as the same, I give to charities. Even the most liberal, well-intentioned white person has a, 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 a virus uh, in his or her brain that can be activated at an instant. And so what you're seeing now is a curtain falling away. Wow. See, you know, when I saw that lady threaten to call the, the NYPD on a black guy, I mean, first of all, she's a woman. She's being harassed by a man. So there's another side to this, too. There's another power dynamic. And then she said the one thing that she said that was really kind of went up my spine was, you know, I'm going to call them and tell them that an African-American man is threatening me. This is the NYPD. I don't think they're going to show up and shoot that guy. That guy is a well-spoken, law-abiding citizen. The NYPD is going to show up. Why did she think they were? She read it in the New York Times. She read Charles Blow. That's why. She, that's why she thinks that's going to scare that guy because he's he's reading the same paper. I do not believe I do not believe that this problem 
can be addressed in terms of race. I think it has to be addressed in terms of culture. And, and here's why. It's, it really has to do with what Van Jones just said, which I think is incredibly racist. To say that all white people have this virus in the brain, you know, that like it's just, it's just a virus. It just comes, it comes with the skin. It comes with the white skin. You just happen to feel, you know, that this is a problem. You just happen to think that maybe if a black guy is following you on the street, he's more dangerous. It's more dangerous situation than a white guy. It just, it's just a virus. And that, you know, that's racism. That is racism. I think the pro- that's the problem. I think the problem is racism. I think when Van Jones says, we don't have to worry about the Ku Klux Klan men, we have to worry about the Hillary Clinton supporter. And by the way, radicalism always goes here in the end. It always goes against liberalism. It is always eats liberals. It always winds up eating liberals because they're in sympathy, but they're not doing anything, right? They're in sympathy, but they're not doing anything. If, you know, there was a video, you can play this video of white people bowing down to blacks to say, to say, please forgive us. You cut back on policing in neighborhoods without fathers, they're going to have high crime rates. You know, you have got a systemic problem in the black community. And I'm not blaming them, by the way. I'm, I know that there's history and sociology behind this. And I know that there's a legacy of racism in this country. And I'm not, I am in no way denying it. I'm not blaming the poor for the dysfunction of the poor. But I'm saying that the dysfunction of the poor is the same everywhere. And there's always some race who gets it in the neck. In England, it used to be the Irish. In Russia, it used to be the Jews. They were the criminal class. They were the poor class. They were the oppressed class. In this country, in this country, uniquely, uniquely, we have faced that problem. White people have felt shame. You saw, you saw it just there. White people have felt shame for things that they themselves did not do. They felt shame just in terms of the color of their skin, and they felt shame for systems that were in place in a country where they violated our principles. Those systems have been shut down. That attitude has been shut down. Is this helpful now? Is it helpful now to look at this as a black-white problem or to look at it in terms of behavior? And if it's right to look at it in terms of behaviors, without blame, without saying, you know, I mean, the poor do this everywhere. The poor, you know, read the novel uh, Germinal by Zola, which is about uh, miners, you know, and there are no black people in it at all. Same exact problems, same exact problems, out of wedlock births, uh, sexuality, out of control, you know, uh, systems in place, rich people who think everything should be fine and don't understand it. You know, these are, these are the things we face. But we have in America right now, we have in America right now slums that are bad. We have bad slums. And a lot of those slums are filled with black people. There, there are also slums filled with white people, but a lot of them are filled with black people. Whatever the Democrats are doing doesn't work. Whatever the Democrats have been doing, the Democrats have run these cities for years. It can't be Trump because it was true when Obama was in office. It can't be Trump. It can't be Obama. It can't be, you know, this has just been true. It is the Democrat governance of these cities. Okay. Trump was helping. Before the virus hit, Trump was helping. He built an economy that was helping. But it's partly the economy, but it's partly behaviors, and it's partly education. So 
who are, who are the enemies? Who are the things that we have to shut down? We have to shut down the teachers' unions. We have to shut down the teachers' unions. This is the thing. You know, when Oprah Winfrey wanted to open a school, she ended up o- opening it in South Africa because she couldn't deal with the teachers' unions here. You know, these people have to be stopped, and they are a huge part of the Democrats' constituency. We have to start getting these race-baiting Democrats out of office and off TV. I'm sorry. Every time they do this, it is not helping the people. It is not helping the people. You have got to go and start dealing with black people as if they were human beings, too, and needed to do the things that rich white people do, the same things that rich white people do, in order to start healing their communities. You also, we also have to, we have to start thinking about uh, bringing businesses in and protecting those businesses. How, what business is going to go back into a neighborhood after this? What business is going to go back? What, you know, why would you open your shop in a place where it's going to get burned down? You know, some here in LA, they're going into the rich neighborhoods, Beverly Hills and all this stuff. But if that keeps up, believe me, believe me, that's not going to keep up. They're not, they're going to stop that. That's why they bring in the National Guard. But in these little, these small businesses, these little bistros and uh, cafes and grocery stores in these neighborhoods that get destroyed, they'll never come back. They'll never come back. We have got, you know, we have got to say on the right, we have got to address on the right that this is a problem. We have got to say, we've got to deal with the educational system. We've got to break the grip of the teachers' unions on our schools. We've got to get more classical education into our schools. We, you know, it's only going to save the people who want their, who care enough about their children to be saved, but we got to do it. Churches sitting around teaching us that we have to fall on our knees and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. When they should be going into these neighborhoods and saying, you know, you got, you got to kneel down in front of a preacher and marry the girl you impregnate. I mean, that is that is something that we've got to really support. I mean, we do it. We do it. We marry the the rich. I'm talking about elites and the rich and the well-to-do. We marry the women we have children with. That, you know, even the New York Times admits that this is that marriage is white privilege, is elite privilege. Marriage is for elites because it works. We have got to preach that in the in the neighborhoods. We've got to preach what we practice. We've got to preach what we practice. We've got to reform the educational system. We've got to break the teachers union. And if Republicans can't see that as an issue, if they can't see this as an issue, then we're going to be doomed to this every five or 10 years because we're going to be doomed to Democrats. And believe me, if they win the presidency, you're going to see this for four more years. Every night is going to look like last night. All right, I got to stop there, but I will be back again tomorrow and talk some more. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. 